Hello, everybody. Welcome back to today's episode of the Chicago Sports Insider Podcast. To start today's episode off, talking about some things that the Bears should be looking for tomorrow uh, when they take on the Arizona Cardinals at Soldier Field. Cardinals on the season are very good. They're a very, very talented team. Uh, currently on the season, they're sitting at nine and two. They have not lost a road game yet this season. But here's some things uh, that we need to look for when the Bears play host to the Cardinals. The first thing uh, we need to look for is Kyler Murray. Uh, how will he perform in his uh, in his return to the field? Now, it hasn't been confirmed if Kyler Murray is playing or not. He is, is he is considered a game time decision, which very could which very much could uh, impact the way the Bears are going to game plan towards the Cardinals. Because if you have Kyler Murray under center, you got to you know game plan for a guy who's going to be able to get out of the pocket, going to be able to run a lot. Uh, and then if you have Colt McCoy, you got to sort of game plan for a more safe quarterback, a guy who's going to make. Um, who's not going to make a whole lot of big plays. He's going to be more safe with the football, while a guy like Kyler Murray is going to be a lot more risky. He's going to take a lot more risks because he's a very high-risk, uh, high-reward guy. So, um, no, obviously that's going to really change the game plan here. Then you have uh, Justin Poog uh, will also be a game-time decision in this one for Arizona, so that could also change uh, the way... Chicago is looking at the Arizona offensive line, which has been uh, pretty solid this season. So, um, no, Arizona is getting Rodney Hudson back, the center, uh, one of the better centers in the NFL. So uh, that should be a, a big, a big gain for the Cardinals. But uh, you know, if you have uh, Poog, you have uh, Hopkins, you have Murray out, uh, then you're really gonna have to change this game plan uh, towards the Arizona Cardinals here, because when those those guys are in, uh, this team is so much better. And the next question is, how will Andy Dalton perform against one of the NFL's best passing defenses? So Dalton, we did see him in that performance against Detroit make a couple big plays. I feel like he played a lot better than people gave him credit for playing. Um, but how will he play against a very good pass defense, which has been uh, one of the better ones in the NFL so far? They have a lot of, uh, they have only allowed 208 passing yards per game and 6.1 passing yards per play. Uh, they're both ranked fourth in the NFL in both those categories. They have 29 sacks on the season, led by Marcus Golden, who has 10, and Chandler Jones, who has eight so far. So this is a very good defense. Uh, they have a pretty strong run defense, pretty solid, pretty solid passing defense. They got a lot of talent in that secondary in Buda Bay. Byron Murphy, uh, some other guys as well. So this is going to be a very tough game for Andy Dalton. I don't think this is going to be a walk in the park, especially without Allen Robinson uh, playing in this one or what we're assuming uh, without Allen Robinson playing in this one. He is doubtful still. So uh, it's going to be a very tough game. So the question is, how is he going to be able to perform in that one? And will Darnell Mooney be able to keep up his hot streak here? Darnell Mooney, the past two weeks, has been going off. He's been playing some really good football. Uh, it started in that Baltimore game after Fields got hurt. He went off, and we had that huge touchdown on that screen route against Baltimore. Then he had that huge game against the Lions where he had a couple big uh, big receptions in that one. So will Darnell Mooney be able to continue his hot streak here? He had a pretty tough start to the season, I'd say. I think every Bears receiver had a pretty tough start to the year, but he's been able to bounce back very well. He's looking for his third straight 100-yard game in this one. So hopefully he's able to do that. I'm a huge fan of Darnell Mooney. So if he's able to do that, then I expect um, him to have a lot of success making yards after catch. Uh, Then the next thing, 
is what will Matt Nagy do in this one uh, if the Bears get down early? So if the Bears are to start struggling early in this game, how will Matt Nagy change the game plan? How will he start doing things differently? We saw it in that Cleveland game. The biggest issue was that, you know, obviously the offensive line was terrible, but Matt Nagy didn't do anything to really help Justin Fields. And that was, you no know, Justin Fields' first game, maybe Matt Nagy thought that he just simply wasn't ready, just didn't feel like trying to change the game plan at all, at all or maybe he just simply didn't know how to play to Justin Fields' strengths. Now, no, we've had a lot of time. He's had a lot of time with Justin Fields as the starter, but that's not really important here. We don't have Justin Fields in this game, so why would, no, no, we don't really have to worry about that. He knows Andy Dalton very well, I'm assuming, considering the fact that he was so high on Andy, on Andy Dalton before the year started. So if you do have Andy Dalton under center, how are you going to change the game plan if the Bears get down early, which my prediction no matter who's starting a quarterback, they will inevitably get down early because it's the Bears. Um, so how is he going to change the game plan? Is he going to try and you know, force more run plays? Is he going to try to you know, make Andy Dalton into a short-range guy? Is he going to try to go for longer plays in order to to make some uh, some big plays to get the momentum back on their side? So there's all sorts of questions here on uh, what Matt Nagy's going to do here. Uh, and then the next thing to watch out for is the injury report. So we know Allen Robinson most likely is going to be out for this one. He's doubtful. We know Justin Fields is hurt. Uh, we know Akeem Hicks is out, but we don't know the status of Roquan Smith yet. He is he is considered to be a game-time decision with that hamstring injury that he left that second quarter of the Lions game with. So um, obviously, without Roquan Smith, that's going to be a huge loss. He is the leader of that defense. He's probably one of the best middle linebackers in the NFL right now and I'd say if not right now I'd say probably next season he'll elevate himself to the best middle linebacker in the NFL so losing him is going to be really rough for the Bears I'm really worried that 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 team is just gonna that defense in particular is just gonna fall apart without him there because he has been a absolute monster when it comes to tackling he does not allow really anything up the middle or and he's really all over the field so uh if they're able to lose if they're able to lose Rokon Smith then this is gonna be a very tough game for the Bears uh going over more injuries here Cole Komet who was questionable yesterday did fully participate in practice uh he was questionable with that groin injury but he is now expected to play um like I said, Roquan Smith still questionable. Damian Williams, once again, out. That's the third straight week. Uh, Keem Hicks, Marquise Goodwin, and Mario Edwards all out. So uh, those are the expected guys out here. This will be the uh, final injury report before the Bears take on the Cardinals tomorrow at Soldier Field at noon. So it's going to be a very tough game for the Bears. Hopefully, they're able to come out here and play with some uh, play with some uh, some some chips on their uh, chip on their shoulder. I guess not some chips, a chip on their shoulder. Um, you no know, coming to this one, not really being expected to win at all. Maybe they're going to come out here and surprise some people. Uh, now, the Bulls today will be taking on the Brooklyn Nets. Nets on the year 16-6, and six, Bulls 15-8 and eight on the season. Uh, it's going to be a battle of the two top teams in the Eastern Conference right now. Uh, Nets, like I said, sitting in, in first place. Bulls sitting in second place right now. Miami sitting in third place. And uh, right now, the Bulls today will be without Javante Green, who will be entering the NBA's health and safety protocols. Uh, we saw a couple guys from Charlotte, LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier, both enter the protocols as well. So that's most likely linked to this. Um, 
but I was I was actually a pretty big fan of Javante Green. I feel like he was uh, um, he's a big hustle guy on this team. I actually really like the way he plays. Uh, I think he's been playing some pretty solid defense. He's a good guy uh, without the ball in his hand. He can also make some plays with the ball in his hand. So um, I think he's going to be a big guy they're going to miss in this one. I think it would also open the door a little bit for a guy, uh, for some guys who don't really play as much. Maybe a guy like Derek Jones Jr. We're going to see him play a little bit more in this one. Elise Johnson. Um, so there's a lot, though. Maybe this is going to open a lot more, a uh, lot more, a uh, lot more playing time for some of these guys who uh, who don't really play as much. Uh, the Nets don't really expect some as much three point shooting. Uh, Bulls and Nets really don't shoot that much. Uh, they're both very efficient teams when they do shoot, but uh, Bulls are currently sitting in second to last in three points uh, in three pointers attempted per game. Uh, Nets currently sitting in 22nd in three pointers attempted per game, but they're both sitting uh, top five in efficiency. Nets are fifth in efficiency and the Bulls are third in efficiency. So when they do shoot, uh, they're both very good at doing it efficiently, but uh, like I said, not really, uh, not really a big shooting team. Neither of these teams are. So uh, early in this game, I'd expect the Bulls to try and get off to a huge, to a very quick start here. Um, no, we've seen, no, especially last game with the Nets or with the Knicks, we saw them get off to a almost 20 point lead in this one. Then that third quarter, that lead evaporated. They're going to need to really come into that second half and just, just not let the foot off the gas at all. They're going to need to continue to play incredibly hard if they want a chance to beat this Nets team because the talent on this team is going to hurt you if you're not able to, uh, able to perform. You know, they got guys like Kevin Durant, James. Harden, LaMarcus Aldridge has had some huge games for them. Uh, Joe Harris is a guy who can occasionally do very well. So um, you got a lot of talent on this Nets team. If you're not able to uh, get an early lead in this one, then you're going to really struggle if uh, if they t- if they are able to uh, to start getting a uh, lead on the Bulls. And now let's turn to the Blackhawks, who will be taking on the New York Rangers tonight at Madison Square Garden. Rangers 15-4-3 on the season. Blackhawks 4-12-2 on the season. They're coming off of that big victory uh, in a shootout over the Washington Capitals. Rangers coming into this one five, with five straight wins. Uh, they beat the Sharks 1-0 yesterday. They've beaten some pretty solid teams. They beat the Bruins, Flyers. Uh, they beat the, uh, the Sabres. Actually, no, now I'm looking at it. It's really not that great teams. Um, they've beaten some pretty mediocre teams, if I had to say so myself um they're beating some teams who are really just not performing at all so uh, I, I think this is honestly a game where you know obviously the Rangers have that record they have a very good looking uh no very very good looking record they have a lot of talent guys like Panarin um but I honestly think this is a very winnable game for the Blackhawks I think if they're able to come out here and play like they did against the Washington Capitals against the Rangers I don't think they're really going to have many issues in this one. They might know it might be a very close game, but I think if they're able to come out here with a lot of intensity, then I feel like uh, they're going to be in a really good spot to beat the Rangers tonight. Uh, so that game will be at seven o'clock in New York. Then they'll be taking on the New York Islanders uh, at six thirty tomorrow. So uh, then they'll be heading back home to take on the Rangers at the United Center on Tuesday. In some more Blackhawks news, Tyler Johnson is expected to miss three months after undergoing neck surgery. He he had the same neck surgery that Jack Eichel recently had when he was traded from Buffalo to Vegas. Um, So he is expected to miss three months with that injury. We knew Johnson was not healthy. We weren't really 100% sure what it was or what his injury was. We saw him go into the health and safety protocols after he tested positive. Then we saw him eventually come back from that, uh, only to really just not be playing at all, just to be sidelined, didn't even travel with the team on that west coast trip uh, only played in eight games this season has three points one goal and two assists so uh 
Tyler Johnson wishing a uh, speedy recovery for him, but I feel like this will open the door for some younger guys. Maybe a guy like Josiah Slavin will, uh, will come in here and take over a bigger role, or maybe you could possibly see a guy like Philip Kurashev uh, come back up if he starts playing well in Rockford and uh, take over a role on the Blackhawks again. So, um, Right now, that is the status of Tyler Johnson. And the next question about the Cubs is, once the lockdown is over, do the Cubs have a legitimate chance at Astro shortstop Carlos Correa? So as we saw shortly after the Marcus Stroman signing, he took to Twitter to try and recruit Carlos Correa just before the MLB lockdown happened. And... Um, and it seems like a pretty big possibility. The Cubs are actually one of the five teams interested or that has reached out to Correa. Uh, those The teams among with them are the Yankees, Red Sox, Braves, and Dodgers. So the Cubs could honestly be in a pretty good situation to get a guy like Carlos Correa. I thought he was going to go to the Tigers and the Tigers turn their turn their, uh turn their sights towards Javi Baez and they end up signing him. But I think this will honestly leave a uh, an open market for Correa. I mean, besides for Trevor Story, you know, you don't really have many great shortstops on the market anymore besides for him and Story. Like I said, you no, know, Seager's gone. Um, I guess you still do have, uh, no, actually, no, Marcus, I miss Marcus Simeon. He's gone as well. Um, no, you don't really have too many great options as well. So, um I think if Correa is going to come to any team, I think he's going to take the most money with the team that he's going to, uh, no, that's going to pay up to him. And we know he's going to get a big contract. We saw the contract that Corey Seager got, and I think Carlos Correa is 100% better than Corey Seager. So I think he's going to get a big contract. And I think if anyone's going to dish that out, I think it's going to be the Cubs. Uh, Correa this season batted 279 with 155 hits in 148 regular season games. Uh, so we know he's going to get it back. And I think if anything, uh, the Cubs are definitely going to be a team that wants to dish that money out because they want to, from what it looks like, they want to be back in the back in the uh, postseason. They want to get back into the uh, the mix with the top NL teams. So that's going to do it for today's episode of the podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in, and I'll see you guys tomorrow.